0: Hey guys, it's Gwen. If you love what you hear, there are a few ways you can help us during season two. First, don't forget to subscribe to the Fresh Fiction Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts or any of your other favorite podcast apps. Rating, reviewing, and sharing the podcast with your friends helps us out more than you'll ever know. Sharing is caring, as they say. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram as RealVixen. I'm back with a brand new episode today. It's a little bit different than our previous episodes, as you'll see. This one actually features one of my book clubs. Every single month our group gets together and we interview an author and we have a great meal and we just chat about all the books we're reading right now. Um, It's one of my absolute favorite parts of my month and I'm so excited that I get to share one of these evenings with you. Throughout the rest of the season, you're going to be seeing and listening, not really seeing because it's uh, not a visual thing, but um, you're going to be hearing a few more of these book club dinners, and there'll be some authors that you've heard of and some authors that you haven't. That's one of the great things about our book club. So hopefully you'll keep tuning in, and until then, I hope you enjoy our first one with Liz Johnson, the author of A Sparkle of Silver. Well, Liz, if you don't mind, can you just introduce yourself to the group real fast? Sure. I'd love to. Um, as you all know, I'm Liz Johnson,
1: and I have been writing for, gosh, the last um, almost 10 years now. I actually finished my first novel in 2008, and it uh, uh, took quite a while for, um, <laughs> for uh, me to, to uh, get that ready to be published. And, uh, but, uh I was very thankful to work with a great publisher and I wrote for Love Inspired Suspense for a number of years and uh, then a couple years ago I had a story idea set on Prince Edward Island and I knew that I was going to need a, a different publisher for that. And so I am very grateful that I've been writing with Revel publishers for, um, I guess since 2016, my first book came out with them. So, uh, it's, it's been a joy and, um, I've loved writing with them. So, um, a sparkle of silver is book number fifteen for me. Oh, wow. And uh, in my day job, I am a uh, I'm a marketing manager. Uh, i'm uh, I've, I've worked in publishing for ten years. I've worked in entertainment marketing and um, just you know kind of all sorts of marketing. So I love to do that in my day job and I always, tell people, you know, do what I say, not what I do, uh, because uh, I'm really, I'm good at it, do my day job, but uh, my night job is basically writing, so I don't get to do as much marketing uh, for myself as I would like to do sometimes. I, I have to just pick and choose what I can uh, be able to do, so um, yeah, so that's that's kind of my life—is writing and working, and I have five nieces and nephews, and I dote on them
0: uh, just as much as possible. <laughs> that's always fun. It's nice you, that way you get to get you get to send them back. <laughs> yes, exactly, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you yeah. are still, um, you know, a nighttime writer. Like you just have to kind of write when you have the time to yeah. do so. That's right. Yeah, it's it's been like that since I started.
1: Um, but I, I, I actually kind of prefer that. I really like the interaction of having a day job. I like to be around other people and I get ideas from them all the time. And not necessarily like people are showing up as characters in my books, uh, but more just the idea that, um, you know, j- just interactions that I'll see or that I'll experience. And a lot of those do end up in my books. And so I'm grateful for that and uh, being able to sort of think creatively in a different way during the day during my day job helps me frees me up to think creatively for fiction writing as my night job and uh, yeah so I I write um, you know people always ask how um, how often do I write? Do I write every day? And the answer to that is no. I probably should, but I don't write every day uh, unless I'm coming up on deadline. And then it's frantic and it's all out every minute that I'm available, I'm writing. <laughs> uh, but when I'm uh, when I'm not on deadline, you know, a couple times a week, uh, a couple nights a week, and then some on the weekends. And that's a pretty steady pace for me and gets uh, me through my books. Yeah.
0: And yeah, that's
1: what I was wondering. You have to find the discipline to Right in, I guess, essentially, kind of your off hours from your normal day job, when you know, so many of us sometimes after the day job is just <laughs> the last thing we want to do is anything else besides just veg and read a book or something, right? Yes, and I mean, I would be lying if I said that I I didn't enjoy doing that. Like, I really enjoy just taking time off and just reading a good book or. Um, you know, getting away from the quote-unquote, you know, work stuff. Um, but ultimately, it, it uh, um, you know, I, I've always been a writer, always, always, since I was, um, like, seven, I wrote my first short story. And so when I was 27, well, a little younger than that, I was working uh, with a friend and I was telling her about this idea that I had for a book. And I was like, oh, but I'll never finish it. And she looked at me and she's like, yes, you will. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Um, Like she was so intense about it. And she started asking me every day, did you write last night? And I wanted to say, um, yes. And I got tired of saying no and so I finally just made a calendar for myself and said okay like I can write four days a week that you know four nights a week I can set this aside and so like I was pretty consistently writing like Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturdays and it was only like an hour a night so it didn't take up all my time. Um, I was still able to have a social life but just having that sort of appointment and knowing that my friend Kelly was going to ask me the next morning if I had written (laughs) made me write (laughs) and and, uh, that's how I got through my first book and um, I wrote that in three months and then you know it it took a while longer to get it published Um, but uh, that's you know it it was really just that accountability and so I still do that um, a lot with writing friends uh, just to have a little bit of accountability, I have a, a writing group that I meet with every other, um, every other Thursday. And we get together at a Panera Bread, and we have dinner together, and we sit and chat and catch up and talk about writing stuff and, you know, what's going on in your lives. And none of us write in the same genre. We all kind of write very different stuff. Uh, but then we sit and we write together for an hour. On our own projects we don't talk to each other during that hour It's sort of understood that this is just writing time and it's amazing just to have that accountability it's amazing how productive we can be in an hour uh, when there's you know we're not allowing other distractions and we know that everybody else is committed to working during that time so we are going to as well so yeah it's been a really it's been a really good thing for me and i've done that with various friends and writers through the years and that has always been a huge help for me
0: yeah the accountability of that I'm sure is like you know priceless really yes yes for sure um, well, uh, Liz, I actually had a question because you said you mentioned that you started off writing um, s- romantic suspense for Love Inspired, but then with your with your yes. Ravel books, you, they're more of like I would consider, you know, they're romantic, but they're kind of women's fictiony. Um, I'm curious to see mm-hmm. how you made that evolution in your in your writing. Oh, um, that's that's a good question. Um,
1: it felt very natural to me to make that transition. And I think that that's because I was working on this story for so, uh, for so long. I was working on my first Prince Edward Island book. Uh, it's called The Red Door Inn. And I, um, I had had Prince Edward Island stories in my mind since 2010 mm-hmm. Uh little side note on that little backstory: i i grew up loving anna green gables because my mom introduced me to her when i was very young and we watched all the movies and then when i was in college i read all the books and um my mom had always had her book set on uh, on a little shelf by her nightstand and so i just grew up with Anna Green Gables as part of my life and so I told my mom at some point I said mom when I sell my first book um, I'll take you to Prince Edward Island and she laughed at me and she says now she did not laugh but she really did <laughs> I don't know if it was because she didn't think I would ever sell a book which I had talked about for a long time or if um, if she didn't think that I would spend my book money on her but I, I just knew that that was something that I wanted to do so um, I sold my first book in 2008, and, um, I, and I said, Mom, nobody ever tells you that you don't make any money on your first book, and she was like, oh, it's okay, uh, so then... But I said, you know, Mom, I said, the next book, the next book, I'm going to take you. And she said, okay. So sure enough, I sold another book to Love Inspired the next year, and I um, I took her to Prince Edward Island in 2010, and we spent five days there. And it was the most magical, most wonderful um, experience, and I just adored it. So, of course, we went back the next year, and then a couple years later. And so we've been back four times. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, um, so I've always sort of had this Prince Edward Island in my blood since our first visit, and I knew that I wanted to write a story about um, really wounded parts that were coming together, and that um, I found a lot of peace and healing on Prince Edward Island. and I thought that that would make for a great story Mm -hmm. and so I was sort of you know kind of putting these ideas for this story together and for the Red Door Inn and the the broken hearts that would come find their place there and I knew that that wasn't um, a traditional love inspired kind of storyline and I knew that it wouldn't quite fit within their guidelines. And I knew that I wanted to make them longer stories and bigger stories. And so for all of those reasons, I I started working with Ravel, and they were just incredible from the get-go. I just, you know, believed in my stories and were so excited about that and um, and about, you know, taking fans to and readers to Prince Edward Island, which has just been the delight of my life, <laughs> one of the delights of my life is <laughs> that people tell me that reading my books makes them want. To go to Prince Edward Island, and I just feel like PEI needs to hire me for their tourism board because I would be great. Um, everybody I tell, I think, I, you know, everybody I talk to, um, I tell them to go go to Prince Edward Island. It's worth it. Um, so even though those those stories tend to be a little bit more women's fictiony, um, or you know, they they have a little bit um, deeper. I'm going to use, um, just, I guess the word wound, like they have deeper wounds, mm. um, that the characters are dealing with. Yeah. And I think that that's sort of maybe what elevates it beyond, um, what's considered a quote unquote traditional, uh, romance. romance. You know, I think that, that I just love romances and falling in love too. So I. I Will probably never write a story that doesn't include that because I'm a hopeless romantic, and I totally adore uh, when the hero and heroine get together. That's my favorite moment.
0: Yeah, that's um, that's great. I mean, that, I think that's what's really cool too is when you can find an author that's able to balance the you know th- this this richer, more complex story, but then still give the readers what we want, which is our happy our happily ever after in these very satisfied characters. Yes. Yes. Um, and then with uh, Spark of Silver, you've got our uh, Sparkle of Silver. You've actually moved us to Georgia. Um, can you talk yeah. a little bit about uh, kind of moving away from from Prince Edward Island and coming back to the states? Sure. For your stories. So it broke my heart
1: up. Yeah, it broke my heart a little bit to leave Prince Edward Island, um, and I want to go back there. I hope to get to write there again someday. Um, but. Um, uh, I fell in love with Georgia a couple years ago. My aunt, who just is such an amazing aunt, and uh, we grew up being, you know, very close. And um, so a couple years ago, she and her husband were... Uh, traveling to St. Simons Island, Georgia, and I was living in Nashville at the time, and she called me and said, hey, would you like to come for a visit? And I, I looked at it, because I didn't, I didn't know anything about St. Simons Island, and I looked at um, the map, and I said, well, that's like a nine-hour drive. I really don't want to do that on my own. <laughs> um, I said, but what if I bring my best friend? And she said, yeah, that'd be great. My best friend and I hop in a car and we book it from Nashville to Saint Simons, and we spent about four days there. And it was just such a sweet, lovely trip. And Saint Simons is, I felt like, has a lot of similarities to Prince Edward Island, just in kind of the pace of the island, there's a gentleness there, just a, um, it doesn't feel hectic or frenzied, and. They um it, it just the rhythm and the motion of of the water against the shores, but also um just you know just the people were so kind and so I mean they're very southern and uh but very they're very kind, and I just adored it and so when it came time to talk about a new series with my publisher, I just said, you know where do I you know where do I want to go I, I want to go back to Saint Simon Violet, <laughs> and uh so they were on board with that and um i had i had had this story idea for years in my back pocket and it was always set in california because uh in 2010 after after i took my mom to prince edward island um i felt really guilty that we didn't take my dad i (laughs) felt like really guilty (laughs) i was like oh no and my dad was cool about it but at the same time i thought you know i um I should do something with him. And I was going to Monterey, California for a writer's conference. And so I called my dad and said, hey, what if you come spend a couple days with me after the conference? We'll go to the aquarium. We'll, you know, go wherever and and we'll hang out in California for a couple days. And he said, oh, that'd be great. So he said the only thing he really wanted to do was he wanted to go to Hearst Castle. And I don't know if if you all are familiar with Hearst Castle. It's right on the coast. Uh, near um, San Simeon, California, uh, kind of near Big Sur, San Luis Obispo area. And uh, it's this giant castle that William Randolph Hearst built in the 1920s and 30s. And so we went on this night tour, and it was fascinating. I mean, it's so opulent. There's so much money just poured into this building. Um, I mean, they have a swimming pool that has gold swimming pool tiles like gold tiles on the bottom of the swimming pool and i'm just scratching my head going who does that like who has that kind of money it was just so outside my realm of reality on this giant estate but i immediately had a story idea (laughs) i immediately was like we can tell a story here." And so that was kind of an idea that I had just been sitting in my pocket for a couple of years. And then when it came time to think about a new series, I wanted to go back and tell that story. And then I got really excited thinking about getting to tell it, kind of relocated to Georgia. But we still have this giant mansion, the chateau that is you know, just filled with the opulence of um, the late 1920s. And when, you know, money was just sort of flowing and people didn't believe that anything bad could ever happen. And, um, you know, nobody ever saw the stock market crash coming. But right before that, you know, how were they living in the midst of prohibition? These are men who didn't even care about that. Like they always had liquor flowing and they always had, you know, certain things going on. and. Um, And they believed that they were sort of above the rules of of society and of morality. And so I really wanted to tell that story, but at the same time, tell it from a a modern-day perspective. And a woman who is looking at um, her family's history and saying, you know, what did her great grandmother experience 90 years ago? And so that was just for me, that was so much fun to get to explore again, St. Simon's Island, but then also this um, this idea that I had had with my dad all those years ago.
0: Yeah, it's and I loved also like the, the little bit of the mystery in there as Millie is trying to figure out just exactly how her heritage ties back to this place. And I think that, that was really it's just such a fun yes. sort of it goes back to what you were saying, the complexity of the characters. Yes, yes. I, um, I really, yeah, I, I loved that part with Millie
1: and, Um People often ask me what surprised me about writing this book, and uh, the funny thing is that uh, that's what surprised me was uh, the, the way that the relationships all worked out at the end I didn't see that coming I didn't really know how I was going to end it I didn't know um I didn't know if they were going to find the treasure I didn't know if they were going to uh, you know if Millie was going to be able to find her her history I didn't know any of that or how any of it was going to play out and so actually in the process of writing it uh, basically I got to the end and it was like well something's gotta happen <laughs> and then it all just flowed out and it, it came together and I was so pleasantly surprised
0: with how well everything fit. Um, that was a real gift to me. Yeah, it's, yeah, that, that it pays off really well. um Well, Liz, we only have, uh, we like to keep you just for about uh, 30 minutes, but I wanted to make sure that we had a chance to hear what you are currently watching, reading, and listening to right now because we're always looking for new recommendations. Yeah, okay, so let's see. Um, I am. I'm currently
1: watching what am I correct currently I'm watching a whole lot of Hallmark movies. Hallmark Christmas movies. I don't know (laughs) if there are other fans there, but I can't get enough of them. So I I'm like probably getting one a day in at least. Um let's see. I am uh I'm listening to a whole lot of Queen. Mm -hmm. I just went saw Bohemian Rhapsody, the Freddie Mercury biopic. And um I, yeah, so it it got me hooked on Queen music again, and so I'm I'm listening to a lot of that. And um, what am I currently reading? Right now, I just started, let's see, I just started The Christmas Heirloom, uh, which is like four short novellas in one, uh, and they're all Christmas stories uh, tied to the same family. And so that's what I'm reading right now.
0: That's awesome. Well, and Liz, I just, uh, just that reminds me that you you just did an anthology as well of um, a story that spans multiple, um, or not a story, but uh, uh, about. Oh no, I'm sorry. We're talking about the Christmas heirloom. I apologize. Don't don't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> no
1: problem.
0: There's another Liz Johnson out there that's not named Liz Johnson that is uh, disguises you. I apologize. <laughs> Um, well, Liz, oh, no, that's, oh, that's so fun. Well, I should read to myself. <laughs> um,
1: Liz, well, Liz, I wanted to... Oh, sorry, when I had a quick question. Yeah, kind of, since Liz, while you've been watching all the Hallmark movies, is there one of your books, or which of your books would you most like to see brought to the screen, if it ever could? Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's such a great question. Um, well, I... This week, actually, just... Uh, released a uh, Christmas novella. It's a standalone Prince Edward Island Christmas novella. And it's, um, well, I guess it's not really a standalone. It's part of the Prince Edward Island Dream series. Uh, but I think it would make a lovely Hallmark movie. It, um, it's it's uh, the hero and heroine snowed in at Christmas at the end. What's not cool about that? Mm-hmm. Um, so I I. I would think that that would make for a great Hallmark movie. Um, really, I think The Red Door Inn is still the story of my heart. And so to see that on the big screen would be incredible. Yeah. Do or the cool. little screen. I'm, I'm, I'm not picky.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you think that they're um, kind of picking off that? Is Do you think that there's a, one of your books that would lend itself really well to being a series versus um, just a standalone film?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I've I've always thought that um, the Red Door End series, like, not just the books, but you could develop all sorts of new characters coming through and staying at the end and experiencing healing. And um, I think that those would make for a really fun television series. I would I would definitely watch that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well I know I've been dominating the conversation, but do you guys have any other questions over there?
1: how many books are you hoping to be in the new Georgia series? Oh yeah, so we're expecting three books in that series right now. So the first book being a Sparkle of Silver. The second book will come out in August, and it's called A Glitter of Gold. And so my editors was asking for the first chapter in book three. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I haven't even started. I have no idea what it's going to be about. Um, But I think that that, uh, book three will be set in Savannah. Uh, Book two is set in Savannah, Georgia, and deals with um, pirates and um, has historical journals to uncover, much like A Sparkle of Silver. And uh, so then book three will also uh, be set in Savannah. And uh, I'm hoping to, I haven't figured out yet, exactly how it's all going to tie together, but I'm really hoping to get to talk about the um, Civil War era smuggling uh, like, uh, through the, the blockade uh, into Georgia during the Civil War. So I think that would be the historical element if I can figure that out.
0: So, yeah, that sounds really cool. Is there one genre yeah. that you haven't written yet that you'd love to write? Well, um, I wrote a
1: historical romance novella for um, for a collection. It was uh, came out. Gosh, I think it came out in 2010, um, called A Lock Cap in Christmas. And uh, I loved writing that historical romance. And I would love to write a full historical romance. I am terrified about the amount of research that requires, uh, because even even a small bit of history, woven into contemporary times, uh, that requires a lot of research. And uh, so I I think I would really love to write, um, you know, like a Civil War era story, but I am terribly intimidated by that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we can't just use Wikipedia, unfortunately. (laughs) No, it know. I know. <laughs> would be so it's much easier. It's
1: <laughs> <old
0: way>. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, um, Liz, I wanted to make sure that you had a chance. We always love to offer. We always have to ask our authors if you'd like to ask our group a question. If there's anything you're curious to know about us.
1: Yeah. So um, I'm curious, how many ladies are there tonight, and um, how long have you guys been meeting together uh, with this group? So there are about eight of us here at Sam's house, and then... Glenn, you'll have to do how long a group, because I've
0: only been here for, I think, five years, but so I don't know how long the group's been meeting. Um, so, we... So, the book club started in 2000... Or, sorry, in um, 1995 with a tea group, and then we started having regular book club meetings that weren't just monthly, um, probably in, like, 2007. I want to say, like, right after... No, I guess it was still when I was in college. Um so for a while for a few for, for a good wow time. yeah and it's really great because we that's amazing we've been able to grow it from a uh, a tea group that met once a month where we talk about books and just kind of a reason to get away from our families to now we have a book club that meets every single week
1: <laughs> every week oh mm-hmm. my word <laughs> wow and, and what <laughs> are of your favorite genres
0: to read oh that's a tough question you guys have to answer that one <laughs>
1: Well, right now, I'm all about the historicals. I won't leave 1880s London or Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that sounds
0: lovely. Yeah. Um, historicals?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a, a big mix here. I mean, I know I, I like, I'm listening to a historical in the car, um, but I've been reading urban fantasy and then some paranormal and contemporary and, it's kind of all over the place, and I've got a. I even have a nonfiction set to the side that I need to read, which is very unusual for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> read god awful young adult um, Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I have a YA fantasy that I'm waiting to read, but I'm dreading it also because that means it's the end of the series, and I don't want it to be over. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> You yeah, can't, can't throw the across the room. Oh, yeah! You can't throw the candles across the room. No. <laughs> 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 um, I'm getting, I'm all over the map here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Which keeps <it> Absolutely. <laughs> That's great. Well, Liz, That's thank right. you, thank you so, so much for chatting with us tonight. Um, I wanted to make sure you had a chance to let us know where we uh, can find out more information about you, and then also stay in touch with you after our uh, book club finishes tonight.
1: Oh, certainly, I would love that. Um, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. What, what a treat and delight to get to talk to book lovers, and um, especially a group like you who's been around for so long. That's so amazing, <laughs> and I love that. Um, I have all my book information is on my website at lizjohnsonbooks.com, and I I don't blog there anymore, but I do keep it up to date with um, new releases, and uh, I have a a whole page just for giveaways, and I'm actually kicking off a big giveaway um, starting on Saturday. Um, so if y'all get a chance to stop by in the next week or two, you can enter into, um, the 12 days of Christmas giveaway. And, um, and then, uh, on social media, I spend a lot of time on Facebook. I'm on Liz Johnson books there as well. So, um, and then Twitter and
0: Instagram. I'm also Liz Johnson books. So pretty easy all the way across the board. Easy to find you. That's exactly how we like our authors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay well i will i will let you guys have a great rest of your night and liz thank you again so much i really really appreciate it oh totally my pleasure thank you guys you guys have a great evening i'd like to extend my thanks again to liz johnson for joining me today you can find a sparkle of silver anywhere books are sold thank you also to revel books and bethany house for their continued support of the podcast make sure you stop by freshfiction.com to find out more about liz johnson and other revel books and bethany house authors and until next time happy reading